at the time I was building an e-commerce platform with my friend, my good friend Jasmine Wayne, mm-hmm. and um, we just were not, we just did not have enough time in the day to manage the website. So we brought on board our first assistant, um, and we we found her on uh, this job board. You can go on it. It's called onlinejobs.ph. It like took us weeks to recruit someone, but that was sort of the spark that that led us to action. Welcome to the Founders Couch. This is a show about Stanford and MIT student founders and their intrepid journeys of starting their own thing. I'm your host, Katherine Jang. Today, we'll be talking to junior Phoebe Yao. I first met Phoebe our freshman year, and even then, I knew she had a knack for creativity and thinking outside of the box. Phoebe is studying her own individualized major in human-centered design engineering, and she hails from St. Louis, Missouri. She's the co-founder and CEO of Pareto, a service that helps hustlers free up time by delegating high-impact, low-skill work. In the words of Phoebe, our team of assistants help you do your busy work. The team is currently building out their MVP with Pear Garage. Now, I can't wait to dive into this and learn about how Phoebe came to found Pareto and what it's been like to lead the company the past few months. So let's get her on the couch. Hey, Phoebe. How's it going? It's good. How are you? I'm good. Week eight, vibes? Oh, vibes is putting out fires. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of fires. <laughs> a lot of fires. I'm totally relate. <laughs> um, so why don't we start by asking, where are you from? Tell me where you come from. Oh, that's complicated. So I was born in China, and then my family and I immigrated to St. Louis, Missouri when I was six. And I grew up in St. Louis, which is this small Midwestern city, um, I don't know if you've been, but... I have not been, but I've heard many great things. <laughs> many great things. Oh, interesting. Well, I'm sorry, I don't mean to. But um, yeah, and then I came out uh, to San Francisco for Stanford. Mm, got you. So you were back at St. Louis for how many years? Um, from like 12 six, years, six right? Six to 18, yeah. Wow. What a wild ride, yeah, huh? Yeah, it was my childhood. So I've already given listeners sort of a rundown of what Pareto does, but in your own words, how would you describe what you guys do? Okay, definitely. So Pareto frees up time by delegating high-impact, low-skill work uh, pain-free. And we have a team of assistants in the Philippines that we upskill with economic opportunities that people in the U.S. delegate to them. So right now it's uh, about four or five months old. It's mm-hmm. still super brand new, mm-hmm. um, but we've been launching to beta users and growing our team, so it's been pretty exciting. That's awesome. So what exactly was the inspiration behind the idea? Yeah, so there are several answers to this question. Um, the main piece is that this past year, I was on a gap year, and I did some research in India and in China. I was also at Oxford, and um, it was my first time really building technology in developing countries. And uh, one thing that I, I saw was that there's a lot of uh, people who have high ambitions and high, um, high drive, but they don't have opportunities to help them upskill and learn to contribute in the global economy. Mm. And so I wanted to bring those opportunities to people who who don't currently have them and, and create the structure for them to succeed. Mm-hmm. And when you said that you saw these people who, you know, you felt like they could have more opportunity, which countries specifically did you travel to where you saw this firsthand? Well, mostly India. Okay. <laughs> I see. And what made you decide to focus your mission, or not your mission, but I guess your first go at it in the Philippines? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So um, mainly in the Philippines because it's the country that has the highest ratio of English to non-English speakers. Interesting. So it's a really great market to go to have your first go in um, creating these processes for task delegation. Mm, I see. So you had you had this inspiration to start this thing. Um, at what point did your co-founders come in? Yeah. So I've definitely experimented quite a bit with um, bringing people on the team, and it wasn't a good fit. And mm. how do you, um, you know, be upfront about that as quickly as possible? And and luckily, I learned a lot from those experiences. And so I, I kind of tested and piloted a, a, a many uh, friends that I had who were really interested in um, joining the the startup. Um, ultimately, um, I found my my co-founder William Ellsworth. Um, actually when I came back to Stanford this fall and we met at Effective Altruism at like a, a tabling event for an activities fair and mm. it was kind of just like love at first sight. You know? <laughs> yeah. Founder at first sight, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How did that conversation go? Were you just like, hey, I'm interested in this space. Want to like join or like how, how organic was it? It was kind of like, it was actually just like that. Um, I saw that he was really value aligned and that's the main thing that you're looking for in a co-founder is you want them to have the same values that you do in terms of your dreams for where the startup can go. And so both of us are in effective altruism, which is um, basically asking the question, how do you do the most good uh, in a scientific way? And so I knew that he wanted to have social impact with whatever we created together and um, yeah, and that was kind of the, the spark. So it's the two of you, you and William, who are the main co-founders? That's or? right. Okay. And how big is the team now? We have uh, we have three other members with us. Um, uh, Chanel Kim, who is our designer, um, as well as Akshay and Ryan, who are on the engineering team with William. So at the beginning, it was just you and William. At what point were you like, okay, let's bring in another designer, another engineer? So it was kind of just, um, it just happened. Um, when we look for team members, we're looking for people who are also value aligned, who fit our cultural um, rubric that we came up with. And, and kind of just to give you a quick rundown of what that is, it's mostly just like, don't make sure they're not an asshole. Mm -hmm. <laughs> make sure they're a kind. It's a good number one to have. <laughs> I know, right? Um, surprising, surprising to find. But, yeah. Um, they make sure that they are kind and compassionate and empathetic. Mm -hmm. And then we also got this funny term, which is um, it's this term flirting with Buddhism, which is kind of a, a symbolic of the, the, the type of person that we're looking for. So you mentioned um, flirting with Buddhism. What exactly do you mean by that? Yeah, so it's hard to say tangibly. It's kind of just this feeling of them being aware of their social impact and, and who they want to be in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and just that self-awareness, I think, is really incredibly important when you're taking the deep dive into startup land, which is really just like no man land and, and figuring it out. Right. You want to have people who um, know themselves and who um, you can lean on when times get rough. Absolutely. And in those cases how do you even like search for these things in a human being <laughs> do you put them through some fit interview do you just meet them once and kind of know where they're at in terms of flirting with buddhism <laughs> like how exactly do you 
you know, evaluate them on that scale? It's um, definitely not something you can rate on a one to ten scale. Right. I think. Um, I think I. I think I just have a feeling when you meet someone and you will say certain things about the beliefs you have, and they will respond. Mm. Yeah. I see. How many months in did you hire Chanel and you hired um, the other two engineers? So Chanel and Akshay and Ryan have been with us for about a month now. And were those three people like people that you had known before? Were they, you know, people that you'd met through class? So Chanel and I are in the same sorority, Tridelt, and uh, Akshay I met at startup or at uh, Pear Garage. And then Ryan is one of William's friends. Very cool. And when you you know met these people, were you like, oh, we're in need of a designer, we're in need of an engineer, and so this is you know this fits perfectly, or were you like, uh, like it would be nice to have, and then you met that perfect person, you're like, we need to bring them on the team. Yeah. Well, I think in general, <clears throat> when you start a startup, you definitely want to stay lean. You want to um, know the kind of person you're looking for. So. We weren't specifically looking for designer um, or engineer. We knew we needed them. Right, at <laughs> right. some point. So, yeah, exactly. So it was kind of more just like um, keeping your eyes open and, and thinking about the kinds of people that you meet on a day-to-day basis and um, and then feeling if they fit into the culture and to what you're trying to build. Mm. So you knew you wanted to bring these three other people onto the team. How exactly did you approach the conversation um, around equity and salary and benefits or whatever? That's a really hard, uh, it's a hard conversation to have, but you have to have it early. Um, And we got that advice, thankfully. Um, And so it's actually something we, we talked about after we had been working together for a few weeks and we knew that we clicked well with each other and we... Um, all had put in the level of commitment needed to talk about equity. And so um, I won't give out the actual numbers, but uh, William and I are working basically full-time on Pareto. So we thought that that was fair for us to be um, in the co-founder position and, and taking on most of the risk. Um, and and so for the employees, for the founding team members that aren't necessarily co-founders, um, we talked to them about the risk levels that they felt comfortable taking on, um, what they thought was fair based on the work that they're putting in, and we came to some conclusions there. Mm, I see. So you mentioned an interesting point. So the two of you, you and William, are both, you said full-time co-founders, you would say. How is balancing schoolwork, being a full-time student, and also being a full-time founder? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's very hard. <laughs> being a full-time student and founder is pretty hard, but I'd say it's actually quite doable at Stanford because Stanford has so many classes that are well aligned with doing startups. It's literally like an accelerator. Um, Mm -hmm. And so uh, I would say like the classes that I've taken that have been really helpful and actually building my team are Professor Eisenhardt's class, MSNE 180, uh, which teaches management science and and how do you build organizations and healthy teams. And then the uh, product management fundamentals, um, which uh, allows you to sort of uh, build a a product from beginning to end. And I've been um, enjoying the structure of that Mm. class. Mm -hmm. In terms of like, you know, day to day, how exactly do you delegate time between, you know, 
Pareto and also class and lunch and dinner and then, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> what are the other things? Yeah. <laughs> Sleep. Soylent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's funny. I actually know a founder that just drinks Soylent. Oh, um, really? Oh, yeah. my God. That's it's funny. Taking the extreme. Yeah, he's in YC, so he, okay. he has that experience. <laughs> um, I, I think I have priorities, and then I have um, a calendar that delineates between the meetings and the schoolwork. So I usually follow my calendar um, every day, mm. and I'm on my calendar. Like, you can reach me on my calendar <laughs> quite instantly. Um, but other than prioritizing, I don't necessarily separate out the minutes. And let's just say, like, we take a typical Monday. Like, what percentage... <laughs> Would you say you spend towards schoolwork or like would you say most of your time is spent on Pareto? Yeah, well, Pareto is super operations heavy right now. Um, and we're still trying to figure out what we're building. We're, we're right. experimenting across many verticals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say Pareto is taking up 60, 70 percent of my waking hours. Mm-hmm. And then the rest would be classes if I go to them. <laughs> yeah. To the professors. <laughs> Um, so I want to talk about the prototype, um, and where it's at right now. So you mentioned that you guys are building the MVP with Pear Garage. How fully flushed out is it now? So it's running and it's generating revenue and we're currently building out the centralized platform that we're going to, um, put all of the communications on between the users and our team members. Um, but right now we're using messenger and trello to do most of these processes mm. i'm not too familiar with the second thing you said trello, trello? Mm-hmm. what is what is that for trello is like a project management tool like okay Asana. okay got it so messenger is to communicate with the gig workers in in the philippines and then trello is to manage all their tasks yeah okay that's right wow good intuition yeah <laughs> so tell me about beta testing so i was looking at the website oh, nice. life um <clears throat> cool website uh, you Thanks. said that you did a private beta until August 31st. What was the outcome of that beta testing? Oh, so yeah, we got on board 60 users. Uh, we helped them with a variety of different tasks that um, kind of uh, sucks their time um, in, the, in their day-to-day. And we came out with a lot of different processes that were excited to solidify and codify through um, an online platform that we're building and uh, and yeah, and also like different uh, users to interview and, and mm. help us get to that next stage. Mm-hmm. So would you say like the beta testing was when you guys really validated whether or not this was a need or was that validation actually begun even sooner? Well, I think when you start something, usually the founder is uh, facing some sort of pain. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was both motivated by the goals for social impact and also for my own pain of, of being a founder. Um, at the time, I was building an e-commerce platform with my friend, my good friend, Jasmine Wayne. Mm-hmm. And um, we just were not, we just did not have enough time in the day to manage the website. So we brought on board our first assistant um, and we, we found her on uh, this job board. You can go on it. It's called onlinejobs.ph. It like took us weeks to recruit someone, but that was sort of the spark that that led us to action. And it's the pain that it's it's a pain that we faced, and we believe many founders, many entrepreneurs face. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of 
was what we initially used as a qualifier for starting Pareto. I see. In the beta testing stage, what were some of the most frequent types of tasks that people requested? Most of the tasks included building out spreadsheets. Um, you could send us a uh, uh, an inquiry about Craigslist freelance art gigs, and we would scrape Craigslist mm. uh, in your area for a list of things you can apply to for jobs. And we actually did this for someone, and she got a job in a that's few weeks. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. My friends are going through the job search, so that's definitely relevant there. It's rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we've helped a lot of people with the job search. Like people have reached out and been like, I need help filtering out all of these. Um, opportunities yeah. and because and, those really take up a lot of your time. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's been a lot of what we've been doing for students in particular. Mm -hmm. In terms of the demographic of the beta testers, so first of all, like how did you even recruit these people? Because it's 60 people, like that's that's hard to find in your own personal you know, yeah. close network. We were very scrappy. We spent, we spent zero on marketing. And so most of it was through Facebook group posts, um, reaching out to my own personal network um, and kind of pushing my own, like pushing it out on my own social media. It's surprising how social media can really draw in so many people, right? Yeah. I guess it's not so surprising, but it makes sense. <laughs> it's the point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so would you say out of those beta testers, like what percentage were Stanford students versus um, people outside the Stanford community? Um, I'd say it's hard to say. Maybe 30% were Stanford okay. students. Okay. So I read on your website, you guys are charging $10 an hour. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So how did you come up with that number? Yeah, that's funny. Um, well, first of all, it's a, it's a nice whole number. Um, right. <laughs> and also that we, so we did some analysis in terms of what would be sustainable for us long term based on our mar uh, revenue margins. And um, yeah, and $10 was kind of the go-to. But obviously, we haven't tested it extremely, so mm -hmm. we could be under the market or over mm -hmm. um, in terms of like what what everyone else is asking. But um, right now, it's it's been working out for our users. Mm -hmm. So I meant to ask this earlier, actually, regarding like the delegation of you know roles between you and William specifically, because I know Chanel is the designer and Akshay and Ryan um, are the engineers. That's right. Um, what about between you and William, who is like, you know, takes on more of the business slash technical? Like, how, how does that work? Yeah. So we both do a little bit of everything. Um, I would say he's leaning more on the CTO role and I'm on the CEO role. So you mentioned um, several times like Pair Garage um, as being something that has helped in terms of a resource. Um, how did you hear about Pair Garage in the first place? Um Probably through one of those emails. Yeah. The mass emails that are sent out. Yeah. yeah. And in terms of like resources, what would you say has been the most helpful on their end? They've given some really good advice. Um, and I was actually just talking to Sigalit, who is at Pair, and she, um, she's been with them for a few years and she's also started as uh, a garage member. And, um, it's been it's been very obvious in both of our experiences that they really care deeply about just helping people like um, being in garage you just get a bunch of free resources mm -hmm. uh, we go to their offices on the weekends every weekend and eat their snacks mm -hmm. and use their whiteboard <laughs> it's fun that's nice yeah um, 
and yeah, and I think most of, mostly just having their feedback on mm -hmm. our key decisions has been really helpful. Mm. And how often do you get to meet with the people at Pear? So I just met with Nils uh, on f on Thursday, I believe, or actually, yeah. Um, and we're going to get coffee this Saturday. Okay, yeah. so pretty frequent, right? Yeah, quite yeah. frequently. It depends on what you're working on and what stage you're at. Mm -hmm. I think we're a bit more advanced than the mm -hmm. other teams at Pear Garage, so we've had to ask for a lot more help. So last question before the fire round, I wanted to ask about the long-term vision of where you see Pareto going. Definitely. So we hope to democratize access to virtual assistants and make it something that uh, anyone and, and everyone uh, can afford to, to ask for help for. Awesome. I'm excited to see where you guys go with that. So now let's move on to the fire round where I basically shoot at you like almost 10 questions, which is a little aggressive now that I think of it. Um, <laughs> but um, let's just get to it. Are you ready? Let's do it. All I'm right. Ready. Okay. First question. Most memorable experience at Stanford so far? Oh, interesting. Most memorable experience would probably be whenever I uh, go on rooftops with friends. I really enjoy just seeing the view of Stanford and, and the skyline when it's when the sun's setting. Mm. I No, I love that. Like, I've been on the top of Durand, I think, not the row house, but the building. Oh, and it's, nice. It was like back in freshman year. It was a oh, crazy time. Yeah, definitely. I haven't done it since freshman year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was definitely very memorable. Oh, for sure. Um, second question, favorite class at Stanford and why? Oh, this is interesting. I think um, I'm definitely a big fan of self-awareness and, and understanding your connection to other people. So one of my favorite classes is called Cultivating Healthy Romantic Relationships. Interesting. What's the ID for that I class? don't remember, but you can find it. Okay. And it's, it's really, it was definitely, um, it came at a good time in my life and it mm -hmm. helped me understand a lot of um, not only romantic relationships, but my connections to my friends and other mm -hmm. people in my life. Mm -hmm. Relationships are important, you know? Relationships Maintain are them. everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Closest mentor at Stanford and how you met them? Um, Carrie Costanzo. Uh, I met her uh, because she was my academic, academic advisor as a freshman. And we just got started talking about um, where she's from. And uh, next thing I know, I was getting dinner with her family. And um, and it was just, it's this wonderful relationship we've built up. Wow. That's the um, the type of relationship we all want with our AED. So. I know. Yeah. <laughs> You're lucky. Yeah. Fourth question, favorite place to do work on campus? Um, my room. <laughs> <laughs> and you live FOMO, right? Yep, yep. that's right. It's quiet <laughs> and uh, yeah, I can focus. Favorite activity to de-stress on campus? Um, I like to walk around actually. I used to bike and um, I lost my bike or it was stolen. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I got back from the gap year and it wasn't there. Um, and uh, and so I, I really enjoy my walks actually between class because it's this it offers this really refreshing respite from the day to day uh, back and forth of, of life and mm -hmm. stuff. AirPods in or AirPods out or no AirPods at all? <laughs> I lost my AirPods. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but music usually. Music. Yeah. Most impactful summer internship and why? Oh, um, definitely. So I was at Microsoft Research in India this summer, and not only was it amazing because I, I was in India, but I learned a lot about um, working with people across cultures. Mm. One piece of advice you'd give for students on campus who might want to start something? 
just do it. <laughs> just Nike, do it. just do it. <laughs> just do it early because you can psych yourself out and be a perfectionist and never get to it. But you learn a lot from failure. I, I want to like print that out and put it on a wall somewhere. For sure. <laughs> You're already doing it, Catherine. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so last question, what are the next steps for Phoebe Al? Oh, that's an interesting... Um, walking out this room and going to tap. <laughs> I literally the next Quite steps, literally. Right? <laughs> um, I I've been trying to focus on not only my company but also my friendships and um, trying to form a, a really close circle of, of people I can trust dearly. And um, I think when you have startups, you have high highs and very low lows, and so you really need people who will support you through all of it and and not. Um, yeah, and, and not desert you or talk behind your back. So yeah, yeah. it's it's something that I've been building up. Um, yeah. For sure. No, that's such an important point. Like beyond startups, like maintaining friendships and maintaining a, a close like support group is very important. Totally. Um, well, thanks so much, Phoebe, for coming on the couch. It was actually so much fun. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, Catherine. <laughs> Now, I hope y'all enjoyed that episode. Thanks again, Phoebe, for coming on the couch. I'm excited to see where she goes with Pareto. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. If you've got any feedback, suggestions, questions, or any existential thoughts, write to us at cj98 at stanford.edu. Lastly, wherever you are listening, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Next episode, Chelsea will be talking to another student founder at MIT. Make sure to tune in to hear all about another incredible entrepreneurial journey. I'm Katherine Jane, and you've been listening to The Founder's Couch. See y'all soon.